Bitcoin can help in so many things besides being a money. That's where we want to be really proficient because it's also a way for locals when they see these kind of projects that everybody wins. It will make them curious about this technology and want to learn more. And we are not only helping the government, the people, the, the farmers, everyone, even the ecology, because we are burning methane and having fertilizer as a byproduct. We are not only doing all of that, which is kind of amazing in itself, we are showing off how this amazing new technology is important for other people that are still not quite there. Hello and welcome to the Freedom Footprint Show. We're concerned about your freedom footprint and we want to help you spread as much freedom dioxide as possible. I'm your host, Luke the Pseudo Finn, and tonight I'm not here with Knut von Holm. Unfortunately, he has a man cold from hell. Those are his words. But everything's okay because we have a great guest with us tonight, a Bitcoiner who I've had the pleasure of meeting in person and someone in the center of everything that's going on right now in Madeira. You might have heard about that. We talked about it a lot on the show. So I'm pleased to have with us today, Andre Loja. Welcome, Andre. Hey, Luke. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the, the invite. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. For our listeners, do you mind giving a short introduction and a little bit about how you got into Bitcoin? I'm an entrepreneur from Madeira, although I don't like that word a lot. <laughs> I say I'm a doer most of the time. I'm a Madeira, born and raised. Nowadays, I have a big family as well, my wife and four kids. I love my island. Uh, I love Madeira. It's one of the best places to live in the world. We are very fortunate about that. So I own several companies, businesses in Madeira. Most of them not related to each other. And I've uh, been doing this for quite a while. I started my first business like, I don't know, maybe 13 years ago. From vacation rental management to a co-working space to a publishing company, a marketing agency. It's going well, fortunately. Great to hear. And how did your Bitcoin journey end up starting in all this? Like most of the people, I started my crypto journey. <laughs> you know, number go up and all that bullshit and uh, amazing projects. And uh, we were going to save the world with uh, putting a token on, uh, you, know, you know, video streaming, whatever, you know, all those, all those bullshit marketing stuff that you fall for when you don't know more. And I did it like, I don't know, I don't, I don't remember the first time I bought Bitcoin. Maybe 2016, something like that. And then, you know, 2017, there was the bull market. Everybody was excited. I bought, I bought a bunch of bullshit. I basically just, at the time, I remember that I only touched Bitcoin basically to exchange it for other stuff because it was, you know, the pair to, <laughs> to do all the trading. And, um, you know, fell for the ICOs, fair, fell for, I remember perfectly talking to friends about how Ethereum was going to solve the world with their, with their smart contracts and being the world computer. And 
and yeah, and, you know, and I got my tuition money paid to the universe, as <laughs> I guess we all do. Eventually, of course, that come down, right? We got the bear market. And then that's when I started slowly my Bitcoin journey. Nothing was happening and the pain was there. <laughs> Losing money and all the token mania and ICO mania, whatever. And then eventually, I think, well, I started learning slowly, you know, as we all do, starting reading some stuff, following the right people on Twitter that I didn't follow before. But eventually, it only struck really deep after COVID, you know, I had, as I tell you, I have several companies and, you know, March, 2020 was scary. Everything stopped. I have a big family, four kids. And honestly, I think it was that time, you know, April, May, June, after, after the big hit that I dug even deeper and I finally, a light bulb exploded suddenly you know, gradually. And then suddenly, I guess everything changed, changed inside my head. And I realized that uh, Bitcoin was totally different from everything else. And, uh, was one of the most amazing discoveries that we, that we had as a human species, honestly. And I stopped caring about the price at all. And I started caring about the world and the future of my family. And that is amazing. I guess, when you finally reach that level, well, and not the level of understanding of Bitcoin, because there's so, it's so much still, uh, even after these two years that I'm really, really deep into the thing, I still don't know a lot. Actually, the more you know, the more you know, you know shit, but the more you dig and the more you start understanding about the world and everything, because it's not only about Bitcoin. Bitcoin was almost like an excuse to start seeing the world differently and enhancing your critical mind to everything that touches you. The vision of the world, the way I see the world changed drastically. Almost, I, I, I can say 180 degrees. It's, it's that, you know, that twist in your life. And, but in the end, it's a good twist because with all the bullshit that was happening in the world, all the manipulations, all the corruption, everything, you, you start getting a new optimism for life because you have this amazing tool that gives you a, a, a direction, you know, a goal for your life. And that's been very rewarding. I like how you put it like that about some kind of optimism because it, it, it's really funny how it changes your perspective and Really, it seems like so many of the stresses around the monetary system just go away and you've got now this magical new base layer that you can just build on and not worry about it. And I, I think I'm, I understand what you say when you say you don't look at the price anymore, you don't care about the price anymore. It's, it's, it's different than that. What, what helped you come to the, this realization that Bitcoin was different? I'm not sure. As I told you, it was a very gradual process. Then there was that light bulb moment when you, you know, you see the world differently suddenly, but there's many steps that, you know, lead you to that. I remember perfectly one talk. I do remember one talk that really struck me. 
And this was when, when MicroStrategy they did their own, their first business something, you know, I don't remember exactly what it was, but the first talk of that, uh, conference, online conference was between Michael Saylor and Ross Stevens from NIDIC. And I, that, that conversation was a, was a turning point for me, I guess. I've actually never revisited the talk. I should listen to it again once, but I, but that it really struck a chord on me. Yeah, maybe on top of all the other layers that were already making their foundations on my, on my brain, but it was very special. And maybe that's the only, maybe the only point in time that I can really remember that something lighted in me, you know. That makes sense. And uh, I think the micro strategy sailor connection is a really common one. He's created so many Bitcoin maxis. I think that it makes total sense that this is. Although the... I have to put the, I have to put the hat on, on Ross because I, I, I thought the, the Ross was amazing on that talk. Uh, it was not, uh, I was following Michael before, of course, on Twitter and everything because, but it was really the guest, Ross Stevens, that made a, a, it was fantastic. That's good to hear. And uh, credit where credit is due. I, I see now we, we have a man called Afflicted uh, Canute here to say hi, I think. Uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Luke, and hey, Andre. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, uh, how are you? Feeling better? Uh, I'm feeling crap, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm at my temporary office here, so I haven't got my equipment. So I just popped in to say hi. Uh, <laughs> good luck. Maybe, mm. maybe this way you can, you can actually get to say a couple of words, Andre, because I, I tend to talk too much. So <laughs> <laughs> I think Luke uh, scheduled this for your, in you, you were get, you would get the flu so I can speak more. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was pure altruism. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel better, man. Uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, here's my orange pill app. Oh, nice weather. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Thanks. Take care, Kate. guys. And actually, that's a good reminder that uh, I, I neglected to mention uh, right off the start of the show that the Orange Pill app is uh, is a sponsor of the show. Uh, if you don't know about the Orange Pill app. Check it out. It's available for iOS right now and should be coming up soon on Android. Uh, this episode should be released in January 23. So check out the Orange Pill app. It's a tool to meet other Bitcoiners in your local area and therefore make these strong connections that help to speed up hyper Bitcoinization. Again, that's the Orange Pill app. Check it out for iOS and uh, and Android. You can pay with Lightning, by the way, uh, or Dirty Fiat if you like. Um, and it's uh, it's paid. It's got a, a walled garden approach. So it's to keep away the spammers. It's not much, uh, 299 US dollars a month. And you get access to the social network for Bitcoiners. It's not a dating app necessarily because <laughs> women in Bitcoin are more finite than Bitcoin itself. <laughs> But yeah. but check it out and uh, hopefully you can make some good connections with the Orange Pill app. And Matteo is a great guy. Matteo is a great guy. We we just had him uh, on and spoke to him. He's uh, yeah. he's, he's uh, got a fascinating story, real character. That guy. Yeah. Anyway, back to back to you, Andre. That was it. I think if I can remember one point that really struck me, that, that was it. And then it's just layers and layers and layers of good talks and good articles and good conversations online. And I'm following 
Bitcoin Twitter is really, really important. Yeah, it's the go-to place to get access to brilliant minds in this space, basically, and uh, everything they do, and uh, write and speak. And, uh, you know, the addiction was there. I can say that my mind revolves about Bitcoin nowadays. I know exactly what you mean. And Bitcoin Twitter, I kind of think I, I hadn't thought to go onto Twitter when I first found Bitcoin crypto in general, too. And then I got the recommendation from one of the few Bitcoiners that I was in touch with. Uh, he asked for my Twitter handle and I said, I'm, I'm not on Twitter. And he said, well, absolutely, you, you have to get yeah. on Twitter. And then instantly, it seemed like a whole world opened up. I could find Bitcoiners from all over the world, uh, new faces, people people I was familiar with, all the big podcasters and, and that sort of thing. But then I, I found people from, from Finland, including Consensus, and, uh, and that's how I, I initially um, saw and got in touch with, with Nico, which is, which is really how my journey with Consensus has started. And I, I understand you've got uh, something similar, uh, Andre, and that uh, you, you connected uh, with Consensus early on. Yeah, and, the, the, and it's a funny story because, you know, as, as we were saying, we get infected, your mind is suddenly everything you can think about is, is Bitcoin and, and all that Bitcoin touches, uh, which is basically everything. <laughs> As Knut would say, you know, everything divided by 21 million, right? And yeah, you, I was already a doer, as I told you in the beginning. So there's this story about how I started Monster Books, which is a Bitcoin publishing company. So that was my first, let's say, venture into the Bitcoin world. And, uh, you know, as a Bitcoiner, I was reading, listening to everyone. And uh, every time I went to a bookstore, uh, I searched for Bitcoin books, right? To no avail. No, nothing was there. And uh, I remember, I was in Lisbon on vacations, and I went to this really big bookstore in Lisbon. And again, no books, right? And uh, when I was coming out, you know, they have those top 10 sales of the month or the year or whatever. And number eight, uh, there was this insanely bad crypto book so i immediately decided in that moment that i needed to do something about it because there were so many and i was already of course reading you know english books about it about the about bitcoin but there was nothing in portuguese specifically about bitcoin or bitcoin only and uh, I decided this is, I'll try. This is, this is my, this can be my contribution, right? Everybody wants to contribute to the space. So this can be, I'm not a tech guy. And um, this can be my contribution. I'm a, I'm a doer. I can do this. I knew nothing about publishing. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> At least I had some experience with business. <laughs> so, uh, so I started sending basically cold messages on Twitter. And... Um, one of the books that I really loved was The Price of Tomorrow by Jeff Woods. And so I sent him a call, a call DM on Twitter. And magically, Jeff Woods replied to this unknown pleb uh, on a lost island in the middle of the Atlantic. And basically, after a few conversations, said, yes, of course, you can keep the Portuguese rights. And um, I started the whole company because of that. <laughs> 
and then because Jeff is so well respected in the space, it was easier to onboard other, other authors. You know, my second book was VJ's, the bullish case for Bitcoin. And then I got thank God for Bitcoin by several authors like Breedlove and Jimmy Song and so on. And then I translated Gigi's as well and uh, Knut's, uh, which is dropping soon. We're almost finishing the, 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 the layout for the everything divided by 21. And we will have all three ready to sell as, as a triplet, I guess. <laughs> so it started the whole business of Bitcoin uh, publishing. And now we have Bitcoin books all over Portugal in bookstores and online and whatnot in our store and everything. But uh, we did it. It's working and it's, it's selling uh, slowly on a bear market, but it's there for everyone to reach out. I did it not only, of course, I want to make a sustainable business, but you know, when I started it, it was not about money. It was something I really wanted to do. And uh, I did. Oh, it's a fantastic story. And I mean, uh, yeah, good on you for seeing the need and basically doing what you needed to do to make it happen. And it's a great lineup of books. It's fantastic to see. And what are you seeing as the impact, not only in Madeira, but you, you mentioned this is in bookstores all over Portugal. Are you seeing an impact? I don't know. I can only speak now for, well, there were some people that contacted me and congratulated me and, you know, you know, this colloquial talk about, you know, finally good books on the, on the thank you for this and so on. Uh, I only know that basically the amount of books that we're selling, it's not bad for the size of Portugal. You can make a difference with a small thing. That's what we try to do. And then, oh, that's where the, the connection with consensus comes. You know, you know at, at some point there were, I knew about two other companies that were Bitcoin only. One in Germany, I think, and the other one in Finland. And I eventually contacted them because the consensus, for example, that I didn't know at the time, of course, you know, they were, we were actually fighting for the same uh, Portuguese rights. And we eventually got to talk with each other and I, you know, you know how Bitcoiners are, we are very shareable people. So we were more like into how can we collaborate, right? Instead of, you know, fight doesn't make sense that we have, we have the same goals, which is to basically distribute good content in, in Bitcoin. And that, that is the fun part. When we eventually, so I got talking with Nico and so on, and we eventually decided to have a meeting, which I thought it would be an online meeting, but the guy was finished, right? The guy was my neighbor. He was living in Madeira already, <laughs> just next to me, like 30 seconds walking from my house, literally a neighbor. And that was funny. And now, of course, we became friends and the rest is history. Yeah, that's great to hear. And, and yeah, what, what exactly is the, the cooperation or collaboration that uh, you're doing uh, with Consensus in your publishing house? No, a very simple one. We, we, we don't fight, we collaborate. So you already had um, at least three books in Portuguese. So we take those books in our, in our web shop in our, and we help, help them distribute as well and, and ship on, on regular mail to Portuguese clients. And our books are also at consensus uh, for sale. So it's win-win for win, right? everyone, of course. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, I'm curious about something. So you've mentioned only Portugal. Do, do these books, uh, is the Portugal Portuguese translation, would that also translate to Brazil or is that a little bit too too far? Yeah. <clears throat> well, Brazilian Portuguese is slightly different than, uh, than your mainland Portugal Portuguese or the original Portuguese, if you put it that way. <laughs> Um, we are actually working with Consensus to distribute there. I know that Consensus is doing a partnership with a Brazilian entity to take care of distribution there. And uh, we, we didn't start yet, but we will. And we will distribute in Brazil soon. And I also have some plans. I already have a contact with Mozambique as well uh, to see if you can start there. And there are other places like Angola and uh, I don't know what to say in English. Saint Thomas and Prince, Saint Thomas and Prince. I guess. You yeah, said yeah. I think it's Saint Thomas. In same, yeah, in the English. Yeah. Uh, so there are a few Portuguese-speaking countries that we can, you know, distribute or you know, be present. I guess. Let's say it's slowly. It's it's not a it's not an easy business, and uh, it's the, these countries are very far away. So we need to take it slowly and surely. Yeah, understandable. But of course, all of these places, I mean, everywhere in the world is a, is an opportunity to, to spread Bitcoin, the message and, and all that with these books. But Brazil, Africa, these are all places that are being talked about as, as opportunities for Bitcoin due to economic conditions and all this. So yeah, sure. Africa, especially and, and Brazil is, uh, they are already very deep into Bitcoin. Uh, a lot of people in Brazil. And as we know, their money is shit. Um, well, everybody's money is shit, but there are even shittier than, than, than Western monies. And, uh, they very well, they understand Bitcoin much better than we do on our financial privilege of Europeans and Americans. And, um, so it's easier for them to grasp the importance of, of something like Bitcoin. And also, you know, Brazil is a big market. So if you can make it there, it's also helpful for the business, of course. They have like 240 million, something like that, people in Brazil. In Portugal, it's 10. And uh, Angola, it's uh, 13. And uh, Mozambique, not so, not much as well. So just Brazil, it's, it's I don't know, 10 times as big as uh, all the other Portuguese-speaking countries put together. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think the the impact, no matter where in the world you are, I think that's that's important and uh, uh, great to see uh, what you're doing with the books and the impact that you're making there. And to bring it a little more local now, obviously, as, especially with your funny connection with with Nico as being uh, local in Madeira, Madeira is turning into a bit of a, a Bitcoin hotspot, uh, similar to El Salvador, really, and uh, all of the yeah. other places. So can, can you tell us a little bit about how that started to develop, that Bitcoin started to get its hold on Madeira? Yeah. So it's not, that, not like El Salvador. El Salvador is really special and, and they're a sovereign country that we are not. Them. So they have the, the powers to do, to go beyond, you know, and, and they also have a very, very valiant president, let's put it that way that is fighting big established corporations, let's put it, and, and other major Western superpowers with the, with, you must take your hat to that guy. It's, it's amazing what he's doing there. Um, in Madeira, it's, it's totally different. We are a, a semi-autonomous region of Portugal, 
and we do have to we have we have a president and a parliament but the, there's only so much we can do our powers are limited so we do belong to portugal and then we have to comply to most of the rules of portugal and especially the eu and uh, we know how the eu is uh, it's gonna fight hard this it's a bureau, very bureaucratic enterprise let's call it that way not to go harder <laughs> so there's of course dangers and limitations on what we can do we're trying to be smart about it. Our main goal on Prima Data is to, well, it starts from the beginning, right? We, we had the opportunity to, to bring the president to Miami and that was already very good. You know, I was, I was seeing a lot of uh, bullshit around me, a lot of shit coinery because Portugal was, it's not anymore. And we'll talk about that, but, uh, was for a long time tax free on crypto. So it was basically invaded by all sorts of projects and people and and you know i was seeing a lot of bullshit around me and when the opportunity arose that we could influence the the, the government somehow on a good direction uh, i took it and we were fortunate enough to already have the connections to them, some important influential bitcoiners they helped me a lot and we were able to take the president to miami as i was saying and we, we even we had some very deep orange pill and sessions from Michael Seller himself and Chef Booth and Safedin and all these other guys. The president understood because it was part of his overall strategy for Madeira as well, that we can go deep on that, that it was an important technology and that it was important to separate from the rest of the, of what didn't matter, let's put it like this. So we decided to do it uh, in a smart way. So we decided to do a non-profit organization outside of the government that could work on, on Bitcoin adoption in Madeira. And when I mean adoption, there was a lot of confusion when, when the president did this announcement in, in Miami. I don't mean adoption as legal tender. That was never possible. Uh, and, and there was a big, a big confusion on the term. What we mean adoption is by the people, by the businesses, by the community, you know, we, the whole goal of this organization is to, again, increase the adoption of the people in Milena because it's quite low. And we even had some, some comments in the beginning and some critiques uh, that we welcome, of course, but they were like, uh, you know, we don't see any adoption in Milena and uh, uh, there's no businesses accepting Bitcoin and so on. And uh, my reply is, uh, yeah, that, that's the whole point of this organization because if there was, we wouldn't have a need to do free data. So we are establishing free data exactly because I love my island and I want to see the, the awareness of how important Bitcoin is for the future increase. And that comes through education and that comes with a, a lot of different plans that we have that we can talk about if you want. And I'm very, very bullish on, on some of the plans. Yeah, you touched on a, a few things here. Uh, first of all, I'm I'm curious about kind of the overall strategy at Madeira, how how this is different from Portugal itself, and uh, what you mentioned that the president has his own uh, strategy and plans for Madeira that this pre Madeira project is fitting into. Before, even before Miami, uh, the president realized something that, uh, in hindsight, is it's obvious. Madara is a very, we are an island in the middle of the Atlantic. 
So historically, we had some disadvantages. Of course, we couldn't compete on a on a global global world in terms of industry and all sorts of other aspects. Like we have to import a lot of stuff, and it's not. We are fortunately we are not so bad because it's an amazing island. So we are historically very good at tourism. For centuries, even we have been getting. You know, we have great hotels, great nature, you know, everything. The weather is magnificent in Madad and everything. Uh, Madad is really a good place to live. Quality of life is magnificent. And for ages, we've been living off of tourism. It's the most important industry by far in Madad. But for the first time in history as well, suddenly, of course, it took some years, but historically, it's almost suddenly. Like technology changed everything. And now, because we are very fortunate to have very good infrastructure, not only like build things in, in like roads and all of that, we also have a very good digital infrastructure because the island is connected to America, South America, Europe, Africa through data cables. And um, we, we were also a test bed for all sorts of technologies in Portugal because it was an isolated place that you could test new technologies. For example, we were the first place in Portugal to have cable TV. You know, they did the satellites and they tested the thing here. So in Funchal, we had cable TV and in mainland Portugal, they didn't. Uh, and now uh, the result is we have magnificent digital technologies like data, data centers and the Wi-Fi and, you know, basic fiber speeds, everything's good. The president realized that this was finally the opportunity for Madeira to compete on a global stage, uh, because suddenly it was not a disadvantage. It was an advantage because in a lot of services, in a lot of industries, uh, location stopped, uh, being so important and, uh, on the services business, on the technology business, you can be anywhere and there is Suddenly, this shift from big cities to more, you know, quality of life places where people can establish, do their own businesses, work remotely, whatever it is. And suddenly, that is one of the best places to establish. If you add, uh, you know, a favorable tax uh, regime on top of that, it's almost a no-brainer. After COVID, there was also a big bet on nomads and remote workers. And suddenly, uh, we've, we have, we've had a big influx of people for the last two years on this global trend of living or, and, and bringing your family to a more, you know, safe uh, place with good quality of life where you can work and enjoy life at the same time and have, uh, but still have, you know, like good, infrastructure, schools, culture, restaurants, and so on. Uh, but then I can have a good mix that makes like almost like the perfect, perfect storm for Madeira right now. The president was already, you know, seeing crypto and the nomads and the remote workers and all of that. Now he realizes it's Bitcoin and that's, that's the bet, but in a overall, in a very high perspective, it's just you know, seeing Bitcoin as, as this technology that it's here to stay and it's the future. So he feels that it, it needs, he needs to support that as well. It's part of the strategy and the new generations are already 
there. And that's the ones he wants to attract to the island, you know, to stop, stop the brain drain that we are a very immigrant island for ages because of all the problems that we have, right? And low salaries, reliant on tourism, you know, a lot of people went all sorts of places worldwide. We have much more people from Madeira outside of Madeira than, than in. And suddenly, the, again, there's this shift that you can attract not only the, the, the residents back and, and keep them here and, you know, develop new technologies and, and technology education and bring outsiders as well and develop a whole ecosystem here for the future, basically, of Madeira. That's fantastic. Great to hear. And how does the Free Madeira organization fit in with that? Because, it, of course, you mentioned the strategy overall to bring in this new technology, but what role is Free Madeira playing? And, and the, the people involved in Free Madeira are, uh, the, the, it, it reads like a, a who's who of the Bitcoin space, at least in this uh, side of the world. And wh what is Free Madeira going, going to do in, in conjunction with this strategy? Well, first of all, I'll just mention all the people, my hats to everyone that decided to help this initiative. It's amazing. Our governance board and our advisory board is something of a dream. Sometimes I pinch myself with the amount of people that are helping and the brain that we have to, to help us. You can go to our website, freemadera.com. On the about us, you'll see what, I, what I'm saying. You know, again, Bitcoin touches everything. So we want to be, uh, you want, we want to be a central place for people and businesses that are interested in being part of this community to develop and we'll help them in everything we can. We can be a connector to the local environment, local governments. And then we have many different plans in many different parts of Bitcoin. I can go through uh, some of them. So education is a big factor, of course. We are working with looking glass education. We are translating their courses to Portuguese. And we'll start next year with the, with the, you know, in-person classes, workshops, everything that people need to know from the basics of how money works and how the sound money is so important to deep into the technology of Bitcoin. Something very important for me is the remittances. As I, as I said, we have a big community at San Madar, especially a big connection to Venezuela. And we all know as how Venezuela is. And we have a big, big community of Madeira people in Venezuela and a big community here as well. So we want to help them use this amazing new open source technology that can bring value from one side to the other without using the fiat rails and the, you know, the black markets strategies that they use to, to bring money uh, to Madeira and vice versa. That's very important for us. You know, then these are stuff that clearly help straight away the people. You know, it's not only about, you know, telling them, oh, Bitcoin is great and it will come up in price. No, we don't care about that. We just, right now, you can use it for remittances, right now, to help with your families and everything. So, and that's, the, the, those kind of projects are really important to me right now. I'm looking, I still didn't find the correct place, but we'll do a, a whole building where we'll have the, the organization where we're going to help the meetups, where we're going to do the podcast, and especially where we'll have the co-working space dedicated to Bitcoin companies, where they can work and basically be the, the, the home of the community. And I've 
been seeing, you know, I've been overwhelmed with contact and it's amazing to see that most people just want to be surrounded by like-minded people. That's the most important thing for them. So we really, we are really keen on, on establishing this community and growing from there. Another very important projects are the mining projects. So Madeira is an island. Uh, we have our own isolated grid. There's the one company only, the, the public power company. And they, ha uh, being part of the EU, as you know, they have this, you know, extremely renewable goals that they have to meet. And we are doing a, a, a study and working with them to see how, well, we know, we know, I just want to teach them uh, how to integrate Bitcoin mining to develop and help this strategy, increasing the renewable share of the grid and also stabilizing the grid because we are an island, you know, energy cannot go anywhere uh, and, and increase the amount of energy production that we do locally instead of having to import fuel and natural gas from elsewhere. Also private enterprises, uh, we are working on waste management, anaerobic digestion, helping the waste as we monetize and a byproduct we can do fertilizer, you know, local fertilizer instead of importing. Uh, Bitcoin can help in so many things besides being a money, <laughs> you know, and that's where, that's where we want to, sh we want to be really proficient because it's also a way for locals to really, you know, when they see these kind of projects that everybody wins, it will make them curious about this technology and want to learn more. Uh, and we are not helping, not only helping the, the government, the people, the, the, the farmers, the everyone, the, the, even the ecology, because the, we are burning methane <laughs> for, for, and doing, and, and having fertilizer as a byproduct. We are not only doing all of that, which is kind of amazing in itself. Uh, we are, uh, you know, showing off uh, how this amazing new technology is, is important for other people that are still not quite there. Yeah, so <laughs> many plans. Yeah, it's amazing to hear everything that you're working on, even in such a short time. If we're, if we're talking since even 2020, for you even to start getting into the space seriously, and then now end of 2022, beginning of 2023, where, where all of this stuff is now happening. It sounds like you're helping to touch tons of areas of life in Madeira, not, as you say, not just the, the economic aspect, but these other things that are enabled by the mining. It, it sounds like all of the main innovations in the, in the mining space over the last year or so, the, the waste mining, the grid stabilization, all of this, it's we're it's just and they are just scratching still, you know, can you imagine how, how mining, what, we don't know what's going to happen, right? But we're starting to unveil some of the stuff that some of the stuff this technology can help and can be part of. Uh, I can only imagine what we'll be able to do in five, 10 years. Uh, and Madeli is also a very good place for this. Again, remember the, the cable TV test bed, like it's, it's a good place to do tests. Like the grid is a very good example. Uh, we can start working on 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 these projects and almost like 
and then evaluate them and replicate them elsewhere. So that's also one of the goals. Going back to the advisory board, we are so fortunate to have such people involved, and especially in the energy, we have uh, Troy Cross, amazing guy, working with us on this. We have other people that are already here doing private projects. Um, Obi is part of the advisory board as well. We want to establish a Fediment uh, community here and, and work on that as well and connect everything because Bitcoin connects everything magically and uh, it's, it's great. What exactly is Knut doing in all this besides thinking deeply as he always does? <laughs> well, he's it's, it's not here still, although he's planning on coming. Uh, we are so we are very. It's part of the government's board, so we have been meet, meeting weekly. Me, Knut, Daniel, Nico, and and Rob. Uh, we we meet very often and basically share ideas and strategies. So we are very much at the beginning of all of this. I'm I'm very focused now on well, first of all, finishing all the bureaucracy because I didn't finish everything yet. You know, unfortunately, the bureaucracy is not something that we're good at. It's just like the rest of the world. <laughs> Hopefully Bitcoin fixes this someday. We're still finishing with all that part, you know, getting into the funding rounds. We're still requesting funding from sponsorships and, and private donors. Uh, so we are very much at the beginning. I'm very focused on, right now I'm overwhelmed with the messages and the people that are coming. And I'm trying to help them all and see where they can integrate because everybody wants to help, but we need to organize or else it's just a anarchy of <laughs> and very confusing. So I'm helping everyone, you know, finding real estate, incorporating the company, organizing where they can help in the future to see where, where they can help us develop all these plans that we have or where they fit in or not. You know, a lot of people are coming and searching for land and doing all sorts of projects that relate to the mindset. Like a lot of people are searching for land to do regenerative farming, doing homeschooling communities, doing cattle farming for direct to consumer uh, businesses. So all of this that relates uh, to the Bitcoin mindset and way of life. And um, a lot is happening, a lot. And we only publicly unveiled this like what? Two months. I know you're dropping this in January. It will be three months then, but, but now it's like two months and there's already so much happening. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy to see. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I mean, I, I really love the, the contrast you actually made with, with El Salvador earlier. It makes a lot of sense because that's, it, it is a top down adoption scenario. They had places that were adopting Bitcoin a little bit here and there. But but this is the example of ground up Bitcoin adoption. And yeah. and I mean, everything that you're doing here is is fantastic to see. It's a great model for other places that want to do this. And I see a lot of synergies between this and the, the Free Cities initiative that uh, Peter Young is involved in. He's a part of the advisory board as well makes total sense makes total sense we're gonna we're, we're gonna have him on um uh, shortly to talk more about uh what great, he's doing great guy yeah but the 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 synergy here is fantastic to see because the the local aspect this is this is completely uh the way that i i think it's going to have to be because top down only works so far that's the fiat way that's the way that everything is done yeah, these days exactly throughout the world, centralized, Bitcoin decentralized. How how more decentralized does it get than building in your own 
local area and making an impact on the the local level. And I I hope that that your example can inspire some others who want to get involved because by the sounds of it, we've got you found Bitcoin, you discovered Bitcoin, the importance of it, and then you started to do things related to Bitcoin. And now look at this, you've, you've got an organization that is advocating for Bitcoin, helping with Bitcoin strategy. And all this has just happened in such a short amount of time, as you said. So I hope that your example can uh, lead other Andres to uh, <laughs> yeah. do similar things. I hope so. And, and, and it actually did, I was just, just yesterday, I was, I, you know, I got a message on Twitter like I do now. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just turned to my wife and said, Jesus, it's almost like a big responsibility now on my shoulders because I started all of this and suddenly people, people are moving their families here because of that. So they're changing their lives. Because of that, and uh, you know, my my wife, my wife even said, "Like, are you worried? Like, <laughs> are you worried about it?" And I said, "Yeah, well, a bit, but at the end, they're doing it because they are sovereign individuals that want to do something and contribute to something." You know, and if we fuck up, sorry about the language. If we fuck up, or the you fuck up, or so something that we we cannot control happens in the future, you know, these people are going to vote with their feet again, and they'll just move elsewhere. So. You know, it's at the end. It's uh, Bitcoin is all about you know individual responsibility, and as Svetsky would say, with great freedom comes uh, great responsibility. And uh, we are all working on the same direction. We all know the dark clouds that are you know around us and uh, what can happen, and uh, we're basically all fighting for the same. And again, most of these people, then that's one of the most interesting interesting parts. These people, they never ask me, or rarely they, do they ask me about the taxes on crypto, and they don't care. They don't care. Well, they may mention it uh, after, like, oh, but can, but it's more like, can I buy property with Bitcoin, or uh, you know, are people accepting Bitcoin somewhere, and uh, oh, and the taxes? And I said, oh, but you know, that changes. You know, Portugal will tax crypto. Ah, okay, that doesn't matter. We'll we'll hodling anyway. So, <laughs> but um. So it's it's much more than that. It's much more about just being surrounded by like-minded people and being part of a community, having people that they can talk to, that they can build with, that they can collaborate with. And it's it's amazing to see. Yeah, from my perspective, definitely it's amazing to see. And as you say, building this community and this local community, another synergy with the Orange Pill app as an example. The, yeah. This this part's not a shell, but it's just yeah, it's just the synergies here with the uh, all of these projects that are trying to connect people locally because this is an internet community it's almost the nation of bitcoin is just this distributed individuals all over the world connected by bitcoin connected by the internet but it's still important to have local community and and what's happening here on madeira just seems uh, like a, a great model for um, other communities who want to to build this up so is is this is this something that that you you would see repeatable in other locations if if they wanted to adopt a similar model absolutely as i proved it somehow and this jeff is jeff mentions this this a lot of time you know people have more power in them than in, than in, than they think you know 
the example that I was saying now, people, you know, talking to my wife, people are coming to my dad and all because of this. This ignited a whole movement that surprises even me now. I was shocked a few days ago. I was shocked about what was happening and what someone can do with the decision. And not only a decision or an idea, but acting on that, that idea. You know, my, my wife calls me the 1% guy because I always talk about ideas are nothing. Idea, ideas are 1% of the thing. Uh, it's what you do with them that matters, that really matters. Uh, you know, ideas you have, you know, I, I go for a walk and I have 10 different ideas. That doesn't matter. Uh, it's just acting on them. And one people can, one person can, can make a whole lot of difference. And what I did is honestly nothing special. People can do this right away in every other place that they want to, in their local community, in their local city, in their local island, in their whatever. And we have some examples of that elsewhere. It's not the only community in the world that is working on this. I think we were fortunate enough already to have this beautiful island and, you know, I, I the perfect storm of, of people that wanted to escape and, and the advisory board that we got together and uh, the message and the opportunities that we had that maybe gave us a step ahead. But you can do that. Anywhere. You can start one there in Finland where you live right now. So we're not doing nothing special. We're just building. Yeah, that's a great way to put that. And that's what I was hoping you would say is that this is somewhat, something anyone could do and that just building. It's uh, That's a great way to put it. I, I hear there's a, a story as well about maybe trying to connect with the, the internationally the most famous Madeiran, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, <laughs> but we haven't been able so far, at least I, we, we got no reply so far. But, you know, that's, yeah, that's a cool story. Um, Safedin is a big fan of Ronaldo. And uh, we had this idea to orange build Ronaldo. Uh, unfortunately, he's shilling some NFTs for Binance or whatever. They must have paid millions for that. <laughs> because he's such a celebrity, right? You know, everybody knows Cristiano Ronaldo around the world. So it was just something that we felt it was funny to do or funny to try at least. And we, you know, safety, we, we sent the Bitcoin standard in Portuguese. We sent it to safety. And Safedin wrote in Portuguese a letter to Cristiano Ronaldo and then sent it back to me. You know, I packaged it and delivered it to his brother through the government. And we were hopeful that it reached his hands so we can uh, do a meeting between him and Safedin. And uh, it would be amazing, but, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo is... It's not easy to get things through, especially if you're not paying millions up front. But who knows? Maybe we'll read it eventually. And we imagine it's a long shot, but if it happens, <laughs> it's something big. It would be something big. And, you know, <laughs> in fairness, I think he's had a, some, a few things on his mind uh, just recently. So maybe now that his uh, big football tournament is, uh, has uh, ended, unfortunately. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, now, that, now that that's over, maybe he'll have some time for, uh, for some reading. Uh, so that might uh, maybe you know, and uh, this guy is the I think he's he's the guy who has more followers online, uh, if I'm not mistaken. 
like 500 million Instagram followers, something like that. It's stupid. It's, it's just out of this world rich. It and, is crazy. Um, yeah. Imagine if that guy said suddenly that he, you know, he supports Bitcoin and our, you know, our uh, initiative in Madonna. <laughs> well, that is just a pipe dream, but like, who knows, like the, the, the worst you can, uh, you can get is the same as you already are. Nothing happens and that's it. <laughs> exactly. And it's uh, worth a try, right? It's worth a try. And, and then the thing there too, is that you're, you're always operating locally as when Madeira gets big enough, free Madeira, Bitcoin on Madeira gets big enough. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll notice eventually, right? <laughs> Who knows? Because he's active in, in Madeira even still, right? Like, yeah, uh, his family lives here. So when he comes here, I wouldn't say regularly, of course, but uh, every so often. And of course, he keeps his connections to Madeira. So yeah, maybe, maybe it will get to his here someday. Here's hoping. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about uh, what you're doing or what uh, what's going on with uh, Free Madeira? Well, I think we've covered uh, most of it for now. Uh, if you do want to know more, reach out. Uh, we have the freemadeira.com website. You can send a message there. Uh, we're on Twitter as well, of course. Freemadeira.org and, and me, myself, Andre Loja, it's my name. At Andre Loja, send me a DM, send me a message. Uh, you know, there's also a Telegram public group there that you can join. Uh, I think it's Free Madeira Public, the name of the, the group on, on Telegram. And first of all, uh, just visit Madeira, even if, of course, it's, if it's not to live, just come as a, as a tourist, enjoy the garland. It's amazing. You'll like it anyway because it's, it's a great place and visit for a week or two weeks, drive around and, you know, uh, send us a message. We'll have some Espetada and some Porsche and, uh, and just have fun and talk about Bitcoin. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. I can't wait to visit myself. A few things in uh, my life are conspiring that it's not so easy uh, <laughs> uh, these days, but as soon as, as soon as possible, I'll, I'll be over there. That sounds fantastic. Well, thanks a lot, Andre. This was a great talk. Glad to hear more about what's going on uh, over at Madeira. The project is fantastic and everything you're doing is fantastic. Uh, so, thank you, Luke. Yeah, and then thank you for, for everything that you're doing and, and organizing. It was great meeting you in Riga. I hope we get to see each other in person. We will, for sure. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, so thanks, thanks again, Andre. Uh, this has been the Freedom Footprint Show. Thanks very much for listening. And uh, thanks for uh, bearing with us while it's uh, it's just me with uh, Knutan available. I think it's been a, a great time talking with with Andre. Uh, so thanks again for uh, for coming on. And just a reminder, uh, our show sponsor is the Orange Pill app. Check them out. It's a way to meet local Bitcoiners in your area. It helps you connect with Bitcoiners near you. And a great thing is that you have to pay for it, which means you're not going to get all this spam. It's not much. It's only $2.99 a month, but you get access to your community of local Bitcoiners. And the more people join, the more value there is. It's not a dating app because women in Bitcoin are more finite than Bitcoin itself. But the Orange Pill app is still a great tool to connect with local Bitcoiners in your area. And of course, I have to mention the consensus network. As you've heard in today's episode, the, the Bitcoin book publishing world is one way of spreading the Bitcoin message. And so consensus network is the platform that we're building with here at Freedom Footprint Show to sp spread the word about Bitcoin in more ways. And so Freedom Footprint is a part of that. So 
check out their website at consensus.network. All the books in the various languages are available there. And uh, also check out knutsvonholm.com for everything Knut, including everything divided by 21 million flavored merchandise. Okay, that's it. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, thanks for watching or listening to the Freedom Footprint Show. Thanks again. 